we get going, I just want to say I'm not a mental health professional. I have experienced many things personally and I have other qualifications, but a mental health professional is not one of them. So I do encourage you if you feel like some extra support is needed on your recovery journey to connect with your doctor about steps that can be taken. I also just want to say if you feel you are in an immediate crisis to call the crisis line to call 211 and uh, reach out to talk with someone as soon as you can if during this podcast at any time you are feeling in a triggered state i want to tell you ahead of time it's okay we all experience it just shut off the podcast there'll be a time that it won't be so triggering for you and we are all here to cheer each other on So let's get started. Welcome to the Trauma Care Burrito with Gemma. And last week we spoke about emotional safety. We are in the middle of a six week series on the six key principles of trauma recovery and trauma care. So today we will be having a guest with us, but before we get started, I just want to say to all of you that I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that I get to be on this journey with you because as you all know, when you've endured collective or individual trauma, your trust in how things are supposed to be is drastically altered. And in turn, your sense of safety and connection to both yourself which is what we spoke about last week with that emotional connection for safety. And it's also affected with others in a negative way, which is what we're talking about this week when we talk about trust and that feeling of trust between two people or a group of people and how you can always feel like you are bracing for the next impact, whether one will follow or not. And, you know, some trauma ends up ingrained in our emotional psyche whether we realize it's there or not so we're just going to talk with Maya today Maya's special because she's my daughter and Maya is also adopted and she has learned to really embrace that as part of her story so we're going to have a bit of a chat to her today so you can get to know her and me a bit better so hi Maya hi so Maya can you tell us a little bit what you remember maybe before you were adopted being in this small room that was really dark there was only a single light bulb hanging from the ceiling (laughs) it's okay um (laughs) there was yeah a small light bulb hanging from the ceiling a singular bed that me and my brother had to share so not like a bunk bed one bed yeah just one bed it was big enough for me and him to share because he was only a baby do you remember um anything like about your food or um, showers or anything like that food we didn't really get to eat a lot when it came to food so we'd end up just having to go steal food and hide the wrappers mm, that hasn't changed hey um so yeah but if we were to eat it'd be only small portions like enough for a couple like an hour or so and we'd be hungry again because we didn't eat a Skinny. Do you remember showers? Like, did you take showers on your own or together? Or how did it kind of work? Yeah, so we had to take a shower together. So I had to wash my brother 
and help him in the shower. Mm. Uh, did you have a lot of clothes and toys, or did you have to share them? Or? We don't have. We didn't have a lot of clothes, and no, we only had. I think I, I only remember having a doll that I'd give to my brother so he can play with it. <laughs> he done that when he come to us too. Let's <laughs> never ever tell anyone about that. I'm sure he wouldn't like it. <laughs> um, so, do you remember like feeling a certain way? I would always feel upset, like they weren't helping us, which mm. I thought maybe this is what every parent is like. Yeah, that's so sad. I would yeah. always feel like I have to take care of my brother, and so I'd always give him some of my food so that he doesn't starve. Now, as a side note, Maya, when she came to us, the first thing she said and was her favorite phrase was me solita, which means I'm doing it on my own. I'm doing it on my own. That was like her favorite thing to say. And one of the biggest things I personally have seen changing her is that ability to receive help and trust that help is there. So Maya, do you remember your first memory after you were adopted? I remember being inside of a truck. My brother was sleeping. We were on a very long yeah, I think I had motion sickness. You did actually. So you I threw up. <laughs> threw up. And it was our truck. It was the Xterra car. Yeah. Yeah. I think I threw up all over the uh, chair. It was awesome because we were just traveling from the orphanage, and we were like half an hour on the road, and you've been with us for half an hour, and you just projectile vomited. It was amazing. That I I. I don't remember if I got anything on David. I, I think I've tried to block it out. <laughs> okay, but, so any other memories apart from throwing um, up in so a car? When we got out of the truck, I was a little dizzy, but um, we were outside of this pink building. There was mm -hmm. this lady that wouldn't let me and my brother go. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where I felt a little frustrated. Did she... What was... Do you remember her name? Sam. Oh, Sam loved you. He was a friend of mom's. Um, so big shout out to Sam. Um, do you remember, I don't know whether you do, but do you remember stopping at Burger King? Do you remember that? How they thought he was the Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember the conversation or is that a bit too much to remember? Um, no, I don't really remember the conversation, but I do remember one of you stealing one of my brother's fries. Oh, that would be me. So I gave him my fries and I stole <laughs> someone else's fries. So uh, that was a, every year since these kids have been adopted, we've celebrated it. And through a big chunk of the time, we'd go to a Burger King if there was one nearby. And that very first visit to Burger King, you may not remember it, but we told you that we, you know, we're adopting you, we're your new mom and dad, you don't have to call us mom and dad if you don't want to, and you said that you did want to. And then we told you, you know, you, that you have a new life with us, and we'd like to give you a new name if you would like that name, and you said you would. So, Maya, your name before you were adopted was Alejandra. My real we name before I was adopted was actually Amelia Alejandra Yes, it was, it's true. But you can't say that. I definitely cannot say that, but we, we offered the name Maya and you received it and we done the same with Dave. David is Maya's brother and he also received his new name. Um, um, he took a while for yeah. him to call me by Maya. He would always call me Ale or 
something yeah. like that. He would run around calling you Ali, Ali, Ali. And then eventually he started calling you Maya because David is younger than Maya. Mm -hmm. And probably will have a little less memories than Maya too. <laughs> oh, yeah. So has it been like hard to trust people, do you think? And if it is, is it, be, you know, do you think it's because of any specific reason? Or? Okay, so it has been hard to trust people in the past, but as I was growing older and, you know, going to different schools, trusting wasn't as hard because I know that there are some people in the world I can trust, like you, dad, my dog, David, there's... But I'm still having some trust issues, but not as much as I used to back then. And I, I think the main reason for that is because I would feel like someone would just abandon me. Like, you know, my old parents used to, and how I'd be left alone, mm -hmm. having to take care of everything by myself. I just think that's probably the main reason I have a bit of trust issues. Yeah, that feeling of like, at some point someone didn't want you, right? Yeah. Whether you know that feeling or not, that's probably part of it. And that's like what I said earlier to all our listeners, how sometimes trauma ends up ingrained in our emotional psyche and we don't even realize it's there until we're faced with something that completely triggers the atrophy trust response in our emotional being, which sometimes that's what hap happens a lot between me and Maya, um, because we can have our fallouts, can't we, Maya? Yeah, and World War Three or two. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, that atrophy part of us gets triggered and we have a hard time communicating but ultimately it ends good right would yeah. you say it builds more trust if you have a fallout and then make up yeah because at the end we all both know we love each other and no one's leaving anyone yeah. or abandoning anyone and we're sticking with each other and right mm -hmm. so that's i i mean i would say i don't know if you agree but i would say that it's almost healing because if you mm. have that part of yourself your emotional self that has experienced that abandonment and somebody didn't want you to know that through the good times the bad the fights the not fights they're still there they're still there right yeah. which i think is super healing that must be a huge part of your own recovery journey yeah. and also as you get to know me everyone you'll know more and more about my story but maya and david they've been a huge part of my own recovery journey too so we're gonna close up this time by saying bye to Maya. Thank you, Maya, for coming. And I'm really excited to just get to know you all more. I'm really excited about this journey that we're on and how we're taking one step at a time towards that healing and that freedom from trauma. And so I encourage you all this week to continue to be kind to yourself, to silence that inner critic and give yourself self-compassion and self-protection and remember that you are in charge of your safety and that even if you start trusting one tiny little bit at a time, before you know it, you will be trusting more than you can imagine. And Maya had to make that choice even at a young age. She had to make that choice because she was, you know, miss me solita she done everything on her own and now just as we were talking about how that healing has happened and continues to happen as we love each other unconditionally and take steps of trust towards each other so i encourage you to take steps of trust
Thank you very much, Maya, for sharing. And um, we have another second guest this week on our podcast. And this person is super special in my life and also played a part of healing in my life. So I'm going to welcome Marissa. And hi, Marissa. Hi. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself or your story. Go for um, it. My name is my name's Marissa. I'm 32 years old. Um, I've, uh, had an interesting life, you know, I've had, I, I know it's about trauma and trust and stuff. So I've had a lot of ups and downs with that in my life and in my story. Um, I was, I'm a, I'm a victorious now over mental illness that used to be a big problem. And that was a big part of my trauma. Yeah. I, um, um recently saw that you were sharing about, how you've um kind of overcome mental illness and didn't yep. you recently come off your medication so i've been on a lot of medication um i would think when i was really sick i was uh, on like 10 um and it went down to four main ones that were like i needed and yeah so i've been working with a psychiatrist um right now to start to wean off of those medications because I feel I'm in a place where I don't need them. Um, you know, so it's like I can use other things and coping mechanisms in my life um, that have been more established now that I don't need those chemicals. So did you so, just kind of feel like, hey, this is the time for me to come off my medication? And was there a catalyst to that? And would you say for the time that you was on it, it served its purpose? And then kind of through your journey you just knew like hey this is the moment type of thing yeah absolutely like I know um before like when I was really sick I I almost like I did lean on it too much because sometimes in the mental health world um it's very easy to want the medication to change everything and to be the answer um yeah. and it's not meant to do that it's a good um crutch and it's a good way of just kind of taking the edge off and kind of putting you in a situation or like leveling you to a point where you have the ability to, to fight those, whatever the medications for the feelings, the thoughts and behaviors. Yeah. Um, I guess like for me, like um, the turning to God is what helped me out of mental illness because I just, it was a positive um, just answer in my life. It was very um, solid. It was something I could lean on. And then, you know, like in that you know environment and culture like you meet a lot of people who um you've seen you could see their growth and like how far that they've come walking with god and and having that relationship um and that also gives you opportunities to make other relationships with other people um experiencing the same thing and walking with god and that it's just a strength that um replaces anything else like that yeah you may have needed you know even um so probably you got some more stable friends and encourages yeah. in your life well through kind of having faith and believing and walking with god right yeah like it creates a new environment right um your environment really has a big part of you know what you feel and what you think and what you experience um and yeah, like it's just more stable and having people to walk alongside you that you can count on 
Yeah, you know, I, um, people who tune in, some of them are be- some of them believe in the in the Lord. They believe in God. They have a faith. Some don't, which I just want to say at this point, that's fine. Um, yeah. But I really do. Even with the psychologist you mentioned, would you say like how did trusting a psychologist or trusting these new friends in your life or even for you um having that faith you're trusting in god how did that tie into your journey of kind of healing from trauma and any kind of trust issues that have built up over time um well it wasn't so much someone saving me right so like before when i was sick i wanted someone to just like save me and make all the pain go away um the people in my life now who you know encourage me to walk with god are, are not encouraging me in a religious sense where it's do this this that and that it's it's more um learning about who you are um and your identity and that's and stabilizing if you know who you are and you have a firm grasp on that you know you can you can conquer anything um for me it's who i am in christ and you know and and uh like particularly but the people around me didn't you know sometimes it's more encouraging to to teach you how to grow yourself and to um tough love even sometimes it's not someone just throwing you random advice it's it's a genuine commitment and it takes time to trust people even if they are really positive you know especially if you've gone through um situations in your life when you you can't trust anybody even the people that are close to you um so it's it's a process it is a process i agree so one of the things i found really interesting that you said there was um the idea of looking to others to save you or like for some of us we get in this kind of like routine where we're we're almost looking to certain things to save us like maybe you mentioned the medication at some point until of course you felt ready and it was time to come off of it do you think that's a habit that sometimes when you go through trauma that you can get into is looking maybe to wrong things to try and save you from that feeling that you're feeling absolutely Absolutely. Um, like I said, it becomes your environment, right? And the environment outside is slowly becomes the environment inside. And so you're going to um, grasp the things that are, you know, tangible and, and, and there and already in that, you know, in, in that, in that environment with people around you who you like may introduce you to um, coping mechanisms that aren't helpful, um, but that's what they did. And it becomes like a toxic comfort zone. Um, yeah. And yeah, you do kind of cling to that almost like I remember when I was when I'd start to feel better, like back before um, I had healed, had healing, um, I would kind of sabotage myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tell me a little bit about you said there that sometimes you leaned on things that you shouldn't to try and save you. Um, How did that tie in a little bit? with your journey of trusting again and healing? Um, you know, like when you're in an environment, um, even if it's toxic, if it's what you know, it becomes a comfort zone, even if that's not good for you. Um, and, you know, you in that environment are other people who are dealing with or have dealt with the same thing. And, you know, they may in their own error um, and experiences uh, may introduce you to bad things. Uh, for me, I think the biggest one was self-harm. It was got, it got pretty bad. 
And so, you know, that would be my way out of my feelings for a little while. Um, and you know, like when you're in a comfort zone, that's bad. Even if, um, you know, you start to feel good, at least I could say for myself, when I, if I start to, if I started to feel like little bit of, you know, emotions that were healthy or whatever, I would kind of sabotage myself in order to feel bad again, because that's what I knew in any other life. Um, above that, like of feeling normal or being productive in society or anything like that intimidated me. Yeah, I know that when, at least from my end, for a while there, um, leaning on alcohol was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, during, that's a good. That's- yeah, like, and to an unhealthy amount, like when I first kind of experienced the trauma I did, because it numbed the pain, right? Yeah, yeah. it's an escape. Yeah, it's an emotional escapism. Um, All of the listeners that are here today are going to have experienced or currently are experiencing, depending when they're at, right, with healing. Um, If you could give advice, like I know we've been talking about a lot of different things here and there's different, you know, stages and times that we all go through when we're healing. But if you could give anyone advice struggling specifically with trust, in the in the healing of you know this recovery journey what would that advice be um well it's a process um don't pressure yourself to um trust too fast like give yourself that time um you know the biggest struggle is to trust ourselves um Mm -hmm. but you know find those people in your life um that you can there's even if you have to reach out to like professionals, um, doctors or whatever, or even just, you know, um, peers yeah, that may be going through the same thing. Like just it, be, be like, I don't know how to explain it really. Just be kind to yourself type of thing. Yeah. yeah be patient. And, um, you know, it's a good thing to remember that, you know, people, if we try to trust someone or, you know, want that rescuing, we, because sometimes, in, at least for me with mental health, I wanted someone to rescue me. Um, we put people on a pedestal and when they disappoint us, we forget that they're human and then we take that as rejection or whatever in that cir- circumstance. Um, yeah. For me personally, like turning to God helped and meeting godly people um, gave me that strength and identity that I needed. Um, for someone who's, you know, not in the faith, um, you know, there, just find s- some people that you can relate to. Um, there's lots of you know, resources out there. Um, and also don't rush yourself in recovery. Um, there's a, a, a saying that I like to go by. Um, don't start where you think you should be. Start where you left off. That's a very you good know, one. Some, sometimes <laughs> we can pressure ourselves to just be normal. Go slow. If you got to crawl, crawl. Yeah. And if you got to, you know, stop for a second, rest, don't quit. Yeah. It's a I- process. I like what you said on a pedestal because I'm sure anyone has experienced that and you'll be taking these steps to trust again. And it's like you put this person high, high up on that pedestal. And of course, cause they're human, they're going to mess up. And then suddenly it's like, why should I trust? <laughs> yeah. We get to the extremes, right? You're the streams through your head and, you know, so it's, it's hard sometimes, but just to remember people are human and, and communicate with people. I find like for me, uh, mental health wise when I was really really bad um, I was uh, 
kind of excited people to read my mind and know what I needed. And then if they didn't, I would take it as rejection or abandonment. And really, they just they didn't know. And I was too scared to, you know, tell them that or and or I or I would act out, act out negatively instead, like self-harm or whatever. Um, Which is so communicate. Yeah. Communicate, communicate how you feel. Be honest, be vulnerable, you know, um, understand that they're human. They have flaws. So if they don't understand, give them time, you know, yeah. um, yeah yeah um and then if at least for me I kind of flip-flopped to the opposite I definitely would at least back in the day when it was the worst for me I would go inside myself no one would know what the heck was happening right yes absolutely and and even if I did trust a little bit well it's like again I'd get stuck in my own negative thoughts and my own negative emotions and before long I've spiraled in a very bad way (laughs) and then I feel better by drinking a ton and nothing's working right so uh I love the advice that you gave where you said um what was the quote again we're going to close with the quote tell us the the quote you said (laughs) don't start where you think you should be start where you left off and I think that's a great thought to leave with everybody right now. And, um, you know, don't give up and be kind to yourself. And thank you, Marissa, for joining us today and sharing a little bit about your own journey. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this week. It's been a great week. I'm really enjoying connecting with everyone and getting to know everyone. And continue to be kind to yourself this week, guys. And wherever you're at in your recovery journey, um, You're not alone. I'll see you all next week.